Well, hello, my fine forest friends. Welcome back. It is so good to be talking to you all again. I appreciate your patience as we've worked through this hiatus. My attic slash den slash recording area finally feels calm enough for me to be able to sit up here for hours at a time and record this for you all. I hope you all had a good end to your 2021, and let's start 2022 off with a bang, shall we? Today I'm going to be reading some of your listener tales and give a little bit of a spooky recap of what all has been going on in the house since we last talked. This one comes from Brandy, and she says, When I was 18, I lived in Pumpkintown, North Carolina. How quaint does that sound? Which has a deep history rooted in all things really terrifying. You should Google some stories if you find the time. Chickens have been pulled under houses unexplainably, and there's an old abandoned house whose lights still come on and off, even though the house hasn't had power in about 20 years. Anyway, back to my story. I was waiting for my fiancé to get home from work, and our water was out. We had a spring house instead of a well, so I was waiting for him to fix it. The dog started going crazy out in the front yard, so I looked out the window. I was doing dishes and saw a six-foot-tall human, quote-unquote, in blue clothes walking through the yard towards the spring house. I thought it was my fiancé because my brain still didn't process that it couldn't be anything else, so I opened the front door and walked outside to follow. The only car in the driveway was mine, and there weren't any footprints in the mud, and the air was hot and still. I could see where something had walked through the grass but left no footprints. The dogs had gone into their houses and got so quiet I could hear myself breathing. I had a gut feeling that something was off. I realized that my fiancé had not been in that yard, and I got the instinct that I needed to leave and fast. I grabbed my keys and my dogs, and we drove to my mom's house as fast as we could. On my way home that night, a creature on all fours that wasn't a normal-looking animal chased my car all the way up the road. It had hands like a human and was as black as night. I saw it reach up for my car door, so I sped up. The dogs were going crazy. I was terrified and going 40 miles per hour, even through the curves, trying to get away. It finally led up about 700 yards from my driveway. I wouldn't get out until my fiancé walked to my car and helped me bring the dogs in. The next morning, I went outside to walk my dogs, and there were two handprints on my passenger side door that dragged down the bottom like something had slipped while reaching. I have so many experiences like this, but this one still freaks me out and gives me goosebumps. Oh my gosh, Brandy. That is absolutely terrifying. I hate to sound that, but that kind of sounds like a a fleshy boy. Just the animal, not quite animal, human, not quite human all fours chasing you, gut terror. So I'm glad you're okay. And honestly, God bless dogs for keeping us safe. I'm glad you all are okay. And thank you so much for sharing your story. This one comes from Megan. I've shared this with multiple people and I get responses from it's a past life, it's a ghost sharing a memory, or triggering something that feels like a residual memory. This first took place when I was about 16 in a small town in Virginia. It was an old farmhouse that had been in a landlord's family for generations. It was definitely haunted. My dad being one of the first to experience something. I had gotten used to it. But this one day, something I've never experienced and haven't experienced again happened. 
So my parents had left early that morning. My mom had dialysis. So I was left to get myself ready and on the bus. No problems at all. Until I walked out of my house as I'm walking down my gravel driveway. I have this feeling that I'm being watched. So I turn around and it was like I stepped into a photograph. Let me explain. Everything was off colored, like a sepia filter. My black hair was replaced with blonde and I had a dress on with tiny flowers. If you've seen Little House on the Prairie, it looked like a dress that the girls wore when they were younger. This wasn't even the weirdest part. The feeling I had belonged to a, I'm not sure if it's a shadow person, but it was a tall male in all black with absolutely no identifying features. He was crouched in the corner of the house. I felt such an intense fear and I started running. I could feel him behind me and I just stopped or I guess she did. We could not run this man and I turned to face him. I looked into his empty face with courage that she had and he just stared back like what was about to happen was nothing to him. And I watched as he raised what looked like a cast iron skillet and brought it down on her head. I felt like my head burst. I felt her blood run down my face and I fell to the ground. Then it was over. Just like that, everything was bright again. I was sitting in the dirt, maybe 10 minutes had passed. I don't know what happened. I tried looking for records of this person, of any deaths. I couldn't find what happened, and it took me a long time to tell the story without crying. If you know what could have happened to me that day, or any advice in general, I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Megan. Holy smokes, Megan. That, wow. Just wow. So I definitely think that... You were showed something by a spirit in that house. I mean, that would be what I would, hearing your story, think it is. Wow. You must have have quite a soul for a spirit like that to reveal that to you. Wherever she is, I hope she's okay. And I hope she's at peace. Thank you for sharing your story. stories from Kate. Some background information. I'm from Colorado and moved houses a lot. And in each of the houses, strange stuff would begin to happen a few months after me being there. Things would go missing. I'd hear footsteps when I was home alone. Could hear conversations from another room. Doors opening, my dogs acting aggressively at certain points in the house for seemingly no reason. I recently moved to Seattle, Washington with my partner. And this is where some of the weirder stuff we have experienced together began. So our apartment was last renovated in the 1950s, but it was built in the 1910s, so it's quite old. My partner and I have both been told that we attract the paranormal. We are beacons. Same. My partner is very closed off and doesn't like this stuff, but I was raised on horror films and ghost stories, so I find it interesting. Oh my gosh, Kate, we're literally the same person. But the apartment activity isn't what I want to share with you today. You should share it anyway. I want to share a story about what we believe to be a jump in time, like a portal, or something we can't quite understand. So, to get to Port Angeles, Washington, you have to go through the Olympic National Forest, which after this experience we have learned that it is a haunted forest. My best friend flew out from Colorado to spend a week with us after we moved. Because I'm a Twilight fan, I wanted to take him to Port Angeles outside of Forks. We went to Port Angeles and it was great. And then we went to find a hike, like I have previously done the year prior, We had immediate headaches and we all felt drained. I wanted to go home. Overall, the three of us were in bad moods. I was driving and suddenly my car started acting up. It wouldn't get up to speed and it was acting strange, so I was worried and wanted to pull off. We pulled off onto a very unique stop. That was large and there were two vehicles there, but no people. 
I got out of the car and tried to pop the hood to check my oil. My partner got out of the car and came up with me. Then almost out of thin air, a man appeared walking behind my car, eyeing us up. He walked to the edge to pull off before turning around and approaching us. Stuttering before introducing himself, Hi, my name is Seth. The three of us felt danger and distress. We were alone, without service, and no one knew where we really were that day. He wanted to help me change our oil, which ex I explained I can do. While my partner kept him distracted, I said I would check my trunk for oil when I actually was searching for a weapon. He told us he worked at a campsite and pointed into the thicket of the Olympic Forest. If you know anything about Washington Forest, then you know the thicket is outrageous. You can't see anything. He told us he had free tents for us to stay at. We decided to get the hell out of Dodge, and as we pulled out, he smirked at me, nodded his head. This man was hitchhiking. Now, originally, we thought we were almost true-crimed. This man was out of place. He was clean, reeked of cologne, and wasn't wearing proper attire. Proper attire for a campsite guide. Flash forward about a month, the same friend and another fly out for my birthday. I love Twilight, so I wanted to go to Forks. I've already been, until a push, onto the Quilute Reservation. My partner, the original friend, and I told my other friend of the story we experienced that last time out in Port Angeles. You have to take the same road to Forks unless you want to take a ferry, so the same drive I've done multiple times. We were going to show the friend the pull-off, as we drove to where it was near, we didn't see it. It was completely different from the other pull-offs. We decided we would search on the way back. On the way back, it wasn't there. We knew exactly what it looks like, and it wasn't there. Our day at Forks on the Push wasn't good. I was extremely drained and I felt on edge. And to find the pull-out didn't exist was terrifying. We wondered, what does this mean? We thought it was possibly skinny boys, as we were 50 miles from the Quilute Reservation. But that didn't make sense. We called the girlfriend and my partner's father, who was a spiritual guidance coach and borderline clairvoyant. As soon as she answered the phone, she felt a violence. She explained to us it feels as though we jumped a portal. Everything was off about the pull-off originally. The entire time it felt like something was wrong. One of the cars was missing when we left, but it was a gravel pull-off and no one saw any of the cars drive off. It all felt very strange, and to this day we're unsure what happened or what it meant. Oh my goodness, you guys. You guys are going to make me freak out with all this time parallel jumping. That is one of the things that I've never experienced. So my deepest sympathy for all of you that have experienced jumps in time. But Kate, I think you're right. There, Something was off. I can just, I can even tell from the story that there is, uh, Washington freaks me out. My family lives out there and I just, those woods are so deep and the thicket is so dense. You never know who, what might be hiding out there for you. I hope you don't experience something like that again, Kate. This last one is from Amanda. My story starts off in, oh my gosh, I hope I don't butcher this, I'm sorry, Sasebo, Japan, in 2011 to 2012 with my two good friends. The three of us love ghost stories and meddling and things that we shouldn't have. We did it quite often, but this trip was the most terrifying to have happened. And since I stopped messing around with the unknown, I don't know what this was or if you might know what it was. I would appreciate knowing because I'm baffled. So one night we decided to go to the top of popular mount, again, I apologize for pronunciation, Yumihari, to do some ghost hunting in the small park on top. Situated above an observatory, Japan is a pretty haunted and spooky place. At the time, I had ghostly experiences at my home, 
which was at the base of the mountain, and other experiences at the top of the mountain, which is why we chose to go ghost hunting this particular night. The park is a World War II battery that is overgrown. I don't think it saw much action during the war, but I'm unsure. When we began our hunt, we took the angle of provoking the spirits in the area to react to us. Bad idea, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, don't do that. It was the leader of the group's idea to mimic the ghost adventure show. <laughs> we had a bunch of gear with us that included an EMF reader, so we would know if something was around. Nothing happened the majority of the evening. That is until our reader was handed to me, and then it started going off regularly. But only when I held it did the spirits respond. I thought it was weird, but went on anyhow. We walked around the park a bit and ended up in an awkward, large, concrete circle that had two sets of stairs leading slightly down the center. As of 2021, I think this circle is now completely overgrown, but even back then it was still surrounded by trees, bushes, and grass. Anyways, in the center was a large trash can with two pieces of plastic creating an X across the top that had two pine cones perfectly balanced on the center. I hear topping in the closet next to me, the closet where I found the doll. Just thought you should all know that. One of my friends took this as a sign from the ghost of the area and started going hard with the provoking questions. He went as far as knocking them off to make them upset. Not a good move. At that moment, the EMF reader went all the way to the highest level and I got a bad feeling in the pit of my stomach as my two friends turned away from the trash can. All I could utter was, we need to leave. It started to turn towards the way we came into the circle. I realized they weren't following and turned around to see what they were doing and urged them to go. My friend shined his light up into the trees and what we saw was deeply disturbing and equally terrifying. It was a large black mass that seemed to suck light into it like a black hole. It was visible and invisible at the same time. You could make out what looked like fur and moved along the ground like a black cloud descending upon us. As it moved, it was wrapped around a small shrub that were growing on the edges of the circle and growled like no earthly creature ever could. Utterly terrifying, in shock, one of my friends went into primal survival mode, stepped slightly toward it, and yelled from the deepest part of his human soul. And for whatever reason, they retreated back into the wood line. After this, we anxiously turned to depart. At the top of the circle, sitting perfectly still, there was a cat. I slowed down to get a better look because it was odd and not normal for stray cats in my experience. It was just sitting there, intently staring in the direction from which the creature came, almost like a protector. Almost like it wasn't my friend's primal scream that made it retreat, but what this cat did. It was unbothered yet attentive and did not acknowledge us as we scurried past. We made it out, and I firmly believe that the creature would have killed us. Oh, and we caught the interaction on a recording. The sounds it made were not of this world. However, the recording and my friend's entire entourage of ghost hunting equipment mysteriously disappeared. I hope you enjoyed the story, and maybe have some ideas of the creature was, and maybe why the cat protected us. Also, what is your TikTok because I found you on Spotify? <laughs> Amanda, it's Abby underscore Sobota, S-O-B-O-T-A. Huh. So... I'll give you my best guess. I'm not the most familiar with Japanese folklore. Maybe some people in the comments can have a little bit more information. But I definitely think that the cat has something to do with it. Because you're absolutely right. A cat wouldn't just sit there like that. Wouldn't watch like that. It'd be slinking around. Get spooked when you would turn around. It wouldn't just stay there. So I don't know exactly what it was. But it definitely was evil. And that cat definitely saved you skin. Grateful for that. A 
I'll give you guys a little bit of a rundown of what I've been experiencing while I've been recording. Which is why I haven't been recording, but I'm at the point where I'm just kind of over it. So where I record is directly to the left of where I found the haunted doll in my attic. And I've been working hard. I've had some friends come help to clean and restore and kind of bring back balance to the energy of the attic here. But it's kind of been funny because as I've been recording and sitting here for the last, it'll be 21 minutes so far, I can just hear a little... To the right of me and some like shuffling of paper but just kind of one of those things I'm still learning how the house feels and how the house vibes and I appreciate your patience as I've been navigating this well my fine forest friends I think our friends gave us some wonderful examples at why we don't look in the trees if you all have any stories that you want to have me read on the podcast Send those in to dlittpod at gmail.com. That's dlittpod at gmail.com. Stay safe, stay spooky, and have a great new year, my friends. Bye.